Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skos-Gaspo. Well, guys, bowl season is upon us uh, as we record this on Wednesday the 13th. The first games kick off on Saturday, and uh, I always love that first weekend, uh, that first Saturday of games, you know, five games. It's just a smorgasbord of bowls of lower team, lower tier teams we've never heard of and really have not a whole lot of idea what to expect, but it's football and that's always fun. Uh, before we dive into the uh, our previews, we're going to go through the first half of the bowl slate tonight. Uh, next week, we'll come back for the second half including a pretty deep dive uh, into the Music City Bowl against Kentucky. Um, you know, I know we talked about that a little bit last week, but uh, we got a little bit more to say. Uh, so with that, I do want to mention that we still are running the Westlaw Pirates uh, Bowl Challenge on ESPN. Uh, if you head to our web- website, westlawpirates.com, all the information is there. Uh, click to sign up. The password this year is Pirates. Um, and definitely Yarr! looking forward to uh, a, a fun little a confidence pool challenge there. Sorry. That's no, fine. <laughs> cool. Hey, cool. We also also wanted to give a shout-out to everybody. Um, for anybody who doesn't know and might be interested, two years ago we did a viewing party um, at the Star Cinema Grill in Arlington Heights for the Outback Bowl. Um, two years later, we're doing a viewing party again. However, in that... Uh, just just under two years uh, of time, the Star Cinema Grill has changed ownership twice, and the new owners have informed us that uh, viewing party there is now a no-go. But we are setting up shop in the Arlington Ale House in uh, downtown Arlington Heights, which is a great space. Anyone who might be interested in attending or and hasn't gotten the email or knows someone who might be interested in attending, uh, feel free to drop us a line at westlotpirates at gmail.com and we'll give you all the details. But basically, it's Arlington Ale House at 3.30 uh, in the afternoon on December 29th. Um, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a $10 fee per person, but that's basically just an advance on drinks you'll probably purchase while you're there. They don't serve food there, but um, we're kind of doing an open call. Anything anyone wants to bring, Northwestern-themed and otherwise, whether it be uh, cupcakes or whatever, I'll be bringing food, which dimes to dollars is probably going to be some sweet sous vide brisket. So we will have good eats while we're there and uh, and a couple other different kind of snacks. And uh, at $10 a person, you can't beat it because it's a, it's a great spot. There are going to be a lot of TVs, and uh, we'll probably have the run of the place at least to start with. So... Uh, again, um, if you've already gotten the email and you think you might be able to attend, let us know. Otherwise, you know, if, if you haven't and you think you might be interested, give us a shout. And for anyone who's going to be down at the game in Nashville, uh, both Scuzz and I will be there. Uh, very excited about that. Woo-woo! Uh, so track us down. Say hi. We'd love to uh, you know, see everyone, uh, see all of our fans uh, down there in Nashville. going to be we, a good time. We have no idea where we're going to be, but... Um... We will have the red pirate flag with us in some capacity, somewhere, and, somehow. Yep. Uh, we'll we'll keep you all uh, in the loop in terms of if there's kind of an impromptu. Um, there won't be an official tailgate, but there might be an impromptu drinking of beers in public spaces. Always love that. So let's dive into bowl season here a little bit. Um, you know, kind of going through the. Uh, the Capital One Bowl Mania on ESPN. I hate that I actually used the, uh, <laughs> the title sponsor. I apologize for that. It will not happen again. Um, but using the ESPN Bowl Mania, um, they actually have the Celebration Bowl, uh, the Grambling versus North Carolina A&T game. Uh, that is the one, uh, non-FBS. It's the FCS Bowl game, uh, which is, you know, an oxymoron in and of itself, but, uh, you know, the two HBCUs, uh, playing in new Orleans, uh, Grambling and North Carolina a and as far as I know, I believe that North Carolina a and was a real power this year. Um, I'm 
looking it up right now, but I I think that they were either undefeated or close to undefeated, um, which is funny only because when I was in my 20s, I lived in um, North Carolina for a long time, right next to North Carolina A&T, and they were horrible. Uh, I don't know that they won a game while I was there, but they're 11-0 this year, so put your money on them in that one. Yep, pretty much. Um, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but now's a good a time, as time as any. Uh, I had a couple colleagues back in Dallas who had graduated from Grambling, and um, every year the the big Grambling Southern game was, you know, basically the Battle of Bands uh, game was was held at the Cotton Bowl. And there's, I think we were having a there was a retirement celebration, and that game was that weekend. We were all talking about it, and. Um, I happened to mention to these folks that uh, I had been drum major in college, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and <laughs> I proceeded to explain that the Northwestern Marching Band did things a little bit differently than Grambling. Um, so that was a that was a funny moment. But yeah, I think uh, I think North Carolina A and T looks like a pretty strong favorite in this matchup. I don't know, Scuzz. Every time I watch the movie Drumline, I pretty much just sub you in for Nick Cannon. <laughs> Uh, and I did misspeak there. Um, that game is being held at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, uh, not the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. So um, yeah, really obnoxious to have the, the same title sponsor for two stadiums, especially when you got like the Falcons and the Saints. But anyway, uh, Grambling, North Carolina, A&T, uh, starting off bowl season in the same place that uh, bowl season will finish uh, with the national championship game there in Atlanta. Uh, so we'll dive into the uh, FBS Bowls here. Uh, the first one, uh, Saturday, uh, December 16th at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. That will be the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, which is actually happening in New Orleans as opposed to the Celebration Bowl, which is in Atlanta. Got my wires crossed. Sorry about that. Uh, we got Troy Trojans versus the North Texas Mean Green. Honestly... For being the first bowl of the season, not counting the one that we just talked about, there's a lot of wins in this game. I think these two teams have, what, I think 19 wins between them or something like that. Um, we're also used to North Texas being a really lousy team. I mean, they were just epically bad for, I don't know, a solid 10-year stretch there. Uh, but they put together nine wins this season. And uh, aside from the fighting Kiffins, my own fighting Lane Kiffins, they were the the second best team in Conference USA this year. Yeah, they, they won their half of the conference, so. Yeah. That's that's about all I got. <laughs> worth worth noting that Troy beat LSU this year, um, which was kind of stunning and also maybe not that surprising given uh, how LSU looked at times. But um, for me, that gives them a, bit, a pretty big leg up in this game. Yeah, 91% of people in the uh, ESPN Bowl Mania Challenge have picked Troy at this point. Um, you know, they are a six and a half point favorite in Vegas. So uh, yeah, should be a, a fun one to watch to start things off. One thirty uh, central. We got uh, Western Kentucky versus Georgia state in the auto nation cure bowl at camping world stadium in Orlando, Florida. Stuart Mandel rates. This as the worst bowl game. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say there's 12 wins of teams. One of these teams won six games in the Sun Belt Conference. <laughs> like, one of these teams, in other words, one of these teams, Georgia State, lost to three Sun Belt opponents. Including so Idaho. Oh, God. Uh, this is... This this is one of those ones. I mean, pivoting from a, a great starting one. This is yeah. I it's it doesn't get much worse than this. The, I uh, lost to Idaho. <laughs> of Jeff, course you did. Jeff 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 Brom is a, a long way away. Considering that less than a calendar year ago he was coaching this team, that feels like a long time ago. I'm uh, moving on to the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, unsurprisingly, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, you've got Boise State and Oregon. Um, Oregon, uh, under their new head coach, Mario Cristobal, uh, they're taking on uh, number 25, Boise State. Oregon's a seven-point favorite. I don't know, guys. Uh, you know, a, a lot of times when you're going into bowl games with changing it, with the changing of the guard at the coach, you don't really know what to expect. But 
this is their guy going forward. And, you know, it's not like they're putting in a whole new system. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I'd expect much of a drop off from Oregon. No, I think if any, I think if anything, you've got a really happy group of players. They petitioned for Cristobal, who was already, you know, I think what their DC to be made head coach and, uh, and got their wish. So no, I think the, the players are pretty pumped about it. I'd expect to get a really good performance out of them. Can we call this uh, the Legarrett Blunt Bowl? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, you know, one thing to note. So Oregon was is kind of a tale of two teams this year. Whether or not their quarterback Herbert was uh, was injured or not, assuming that he can be healthy for this bowl, I think that's you know that'd be a great sign for Oregon. Um, I don't know though. Like like I. John, you and I at one point had a back and forth about Boise this season where I was like, ah, Boise is blah, blah, blah. You know, they lost to Virginia, but they really, they really turned it around. They looked super solid down the stretch. Their defense is awesome. I don't know. I, I think this, I think this will be a pretty darn good game uh, early in the season. It's a bit of a toss up from my perspective. So what's interesting is uh, 74% of of the ESPN uh, people I have selected Boise State, but Oregon is a seven-point favorite. So, so oh, that's very—I get I, all adds up. It does feel like a really good game. I mean, I—if you're watching—if you don't flip over from the Auto Nation Cure Bowl to the Las Vegas Bowl at two thirty, I don't know what to tell you. You have a serious problem. Well, that's assuming you can find the Auto Nation Cure Bowl on <laughs> the CBS Sports Network. Uh, True. You know, that is hidden somewhere on your cable dial. <laughs> Many people will not be watching that one. Uh, later on that afternoon, uh, 4.30, uh, the Gildan New Mexico Bowl featuring Marshall and Colorado State. Uh, the only thing I really have to add on this is I don't know if you guys saw the Colorado State helmets that were unveiled today, but they look badass. They are amazing. That is pretty cool. Um, Colorado State probably has the best individual player in this game, and that's wide receiver Michael Gallup, who, much like Austin Carr last year, is kind of a surprise Blitnikoff finalist. So that's kind of interesting. I know, Sammy, you had some uh, some strong thoughts about Colorado State going into the season and how good they might be. So um seems like the scales might tip in that direction pretty quickly in this game. And f- frankly, Colorado State was pretty darn good. Um through what the first eight games of the season, their only losses were to Colorado, where you know they didn't score a lot of points, but they lost seventeen to three, and they played Alabama pretty well on the road. They lost forty one twenty three, which many teams have done much worse than that, and they were sitting at six and two overall, and then the wheels sort of fell off. They lost three of their last four. Um, but they lost to Wyoming by three on the road. They lost to Boise by seven in a, a total shootout of a game. Um, so, I mean, this is a team that's probably better than seven and five. Yeah, their offense is one of the top offenses in the country this year. It's been very, very impressive. Uh, Colorado State, a five and a half point favorite in Vegas, and uh, they are being picked 68%. Uh, by the ESPN Bull Mania folks. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. And once again, those helmets are just really, really awesome. So um, do yourself a favor, Google them. They're really, really cool. I'm going to add on that uh, this is one of Scuzz Model's two least confident games. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so the, the final game on that on Saturday, you've got the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Uh, featuring Middle Tennessee and Arkansas State. That is at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Arkansas State, a four-point favorite, with ESPN having uh, favoring them uh, 78%. I have I have nothing to add on this game. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be particularly good. Arkansas State seems like a big favorite. I have uh, I have very little to add here, other than that I encourage everyone, uh, even if you're not planning on going to this game, which let's face it, you aren't, to buy a ticket in absentia, just to pump a little bit of money into the Montgomery, Alabama economy, because 
uh, just like Birmingham, uh, we uh, we all owe the people of Montgomery, Alabama, a little something today. So <laughs> that's that's all I'll say. Good people in Montgomery, Alabama, chip in and support. Tuesday, December nineteenth, you've got the Akron Zips against the Florida Atlantic Fighting Kiffins. Uh, home game for Florida Atlantic uh, at the. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this one. The Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I just, you know, sidebar in SCUS model where I, you know, I, 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 my large Excel file where I'm doing all these projections. Um, I have to have some way to keep track of that, like to, to label the bowls. And I've given up on naming them what they're actually named and I just note the location now because it's the only way I can keep it straight from year to year. It's absurd. Uh, do either of you guys know what Cherubundi Tart Cherry is? It's supposedly it's like a health, like a tart cherry health drink. Like, um, you remember acai juice from a yeah. few years ago? It's that sort of deal. Wow. And, and so basically what you're telling me is uh, we could scrape together a few bucks and sponsor this bowl next year, and it could be the Westlaw Pirates Boca Raton Bowl. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I just this is any, anyone who thinks that Lane Kiffin is staying at Florida Atlantic long term. If you think he's satisfied playing in the Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl, uh, you've got another thing coming. I'm sure. Like Lane's already plotting his exit strategy. I don't know. He's going to be done after like the first weekend of of bowl season, and he's going to be able to basically subtweet all the other all the other bowls for the next two and a half weeks, which will be yes. he'll have a lot of fun with. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Florida Atlantic at twenty two and a half point favorite, uh, being favored by the participants of the ESPN Bowl Challenge ninety four percent. I so I definitely watched. Uh, Akron at least once, maybe twice, uh, on some middle of the week maction earlier this fall. That line sounds about right. <laughs> so I, actually, th- this is a game that people may want to pay attention to, at least as, as far as Akron's concerned. They're on our schedule next year. Oh, oh, good point. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Good call out, Sammy. But, you know, from whatever, whatever you're able to glean from, a uh, bowl game. Um, you're not quite sure who's coming back, what what's happening, but uh, yeah, that is something to note. Akron is on Northwestern schedule next year, so uh, if you're looking for something to do on Tuesday night, uh, December nineteenth, have uh, tune into ESPN and watch Lane Kiffin beat the tar out of the Akron Zips. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It'd, it'd be beat the rubber. Let's be. Fair, not fair, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Wednesday, December twentieth, uh, seven o'clock central. Uh, you've got the DXL Frisco Bowl uh, in Frisco, Texas, at the, uh, the the soccer stadium up there. Uh, you got Louisiana Tech and SMU. Worth noting that this used to be the uh, San Diego, the, the Poinsettia Bowl in San Diego, but um, the group out there decided to stop operating that bowl and um, focus on the Holiday Bowl, and they sold uh, essentially the rights to, to run this bowl to, um, to this group in, in Frisco, Texas. So interesting because, you know, this is the same spot basically where they host the um, FCS championship and, they, and have done oh, for, right. for several yeah. years now. So it uh, 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 should be a, an area, you know, ripe with football fans and um, a good opportunity for, you know, solid turnout. I don't, I don't know that the game is going to be that compelling, but having SMU playing in it, like that's essentially a home game. Nobody shows up to their actual home game. So who knows if the SMU fans will show up to this game? I, I can only hope that it, there's an ice storm like that ice storm that <laughs> happened at SMU last year. And then we can see, see someone literally like running the entire rim of the stadium. Oh, that I'm, was the, the greatest. I have nothing to add to this game. Uh, from a football perspective, I'm just curious, guys, did you ever attend any sporting event in Toyota Stadium while you lived in Dallas? No, we. I, I never did. I always wanted to go to the FCS championship, and it just never really worked out. Um, I went to a couple. There's a there, there, there's a minor league baseball team that's up in that general vicinity, and we had some friends up there. So I've seen it. I've been by it. It's It's a good-looking, you know, nice small stadium, but I never attended there. 
Yeah, as a general, MLS stadiums are fantastic to see sports in. Um, and that's that's why I was curious. I mean, it's like I that would be definitely a game to go to because every seat's a good seat. Uh, also, uh, SMU under um, – I, I don't know if they're going under an interim coach or if Sonny Dykes – is take Sunny Dice isn't taking over for this it, game, right? It sounds like he is. That's what like, the reports were yesterday. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, if if that's the case, you've got Sonny Dykes going up against his old team at Louisiana Tech, um, with Chad Morris leaving SMU to go take over at Arkansas. So th- that could be an interesting little uh twist to the to the game. Really, he's taking over for, Wow. Okay. Yeah, and very strange. The Dykes family is back in Texas football. Moving on to probably my favorite of the uh, sponsors for a bowl game. Thursday, December 21st at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. You've got the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl featuring Temple and Florida International. I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, what did we, I, I feel like I'm, I, I have some selective memory. We had a long discussion last year. What is Gasparilla again? So Gasparilla is a festival that goes on in Tampa. It's like, basically it's a pirate festival. Oh, that's right. So this like, is the bowl game that we should pony up for. That and, is true. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I just, uh, some sort of like personified cartoon mower with an eye patch and a pirate hat on it. That's really what I'm looking for here. Uh, that's pretty much all the analysis I have for the game. I mean, either of you guys see a single second of Florida International or Temple this year? I, Temple had a decent uh, defense, right? I know they did under Matt Rule. I, I'm not really sure how they've been in the, in the post-Rule era. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I confess that I've got a little bit of a hole in my analysis on this one. This this doesn't feel like a uh, a game that's going to live on too much belong, uh, beyond the glory of its name. Uh, FIU, interestingly enough, um, head coach Butch Davis. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, 72% of the ESPN uh, people are taking uh, Florida International. And they are a seven and a half point underdog to Temple. Interesting. Moving on, Friday, December 22nd, the Bahamas Bowl in Thomas Robinson Stadium in Nassau. You've got UAB and the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, nice to see UAB. I mean, this is, is this, this is your first year back, right? Yeah, and, and I it's it's stunning how good they've been. Yeah, um, they so for those who don't re- recall, UAB shut down their football program. Like the university shut it down two years ago. They did not exist last season. Uh, a large number of their players, um, including uh, I believe it was Jordan Howard was yeah. the name uh, of the, the the superstar running back that transferred to Indiana and played there for for a season. Now with the Bears, uh, so they lost a lot of their talent. Um, it's worth noting as well that. Not only did UAB shut down the program because of, um, I guess they were citing financial reasons, the year prior, the players all but uh, went on strike because um, the conditions in their locker room and with their equipment were so poor. So this was not like, you know, somebody just immediately pulling the plug. This was, you know, this this program had been, you know, circling the, the drain a little bit in terms of the support from, from the school and the, and the administration. And um, to see what they've been able to do in their first year back, like th- their eight and four record is no fluke. Um, they have looked pretty darn good uh, throughout the course of the season. So this is um, I'm really excited about this. And, I, you know, it's interesting. The uh, the spread is seven points in favor of Ohio, who was pretty good in the Mac. But I don't know, man, look out, look out for UAB like these guys are going to be just so psyched up to be uh, to be playing in this game. Well, it's it's funny you mention that because uh, <clears throat> I'm fully expecting Birmingham to go down about seven points and then come roaring back in a fantastic <laughs> comeback and win by about a point to let's say one point eight points. Wow. These guys beat um, 
at least three bowl teams. They beat Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, um, and Southern Mississippi pretty handily, I might add. Uh, did UTSA make a bowl this year? No. No. Uh, oh, they el- they were eligible, but they did not make it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I like this UAB squad. I don't know anything about them other than uh, – they're, you know, they've got a, a pretty good running back who put up 1,300 yards this season, but I'll be pulling for them. Uh, they are 50-50 on the uh, Bowl Mania selections. So um, I, I am very interested to see the difference in uh, selections on the on the Bowl Challenge versus the uh, point spread. So that's that's going to be really interesting to, to watch. Later on that afternoon, 3 o'clock Central uh, at... Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho on the Smurf Turf. You've got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl featuring Central Michigan and Wyoming. I think, boy, if you would have told uh, Albert, uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl at the start of the season that they'd be getting Wyoming and Josh Allen, I think they would have been a lot more excited than they are uh, right about now. I think old Josh wasn't quite ready for prime time this season. <laughs> uh, I don't it didn't exactly pan out the way it was supposed to. I mean, Wyoming's got a winning record, but uh, not much to write home about. So Allen's been hurt, and it's uh, not 100% sure if he's going to play in this game. Yeah, he's, he's had an injured shoulder, and I think, you know, the interesting thing is that it is it is probably very much in his interest to play in this game because the season went so um, was so underwhelming for him in terms of his his status as a pro prospect. I mean, there was talk about him as the potential best QB in the draft next year, which, I mean, seems, well, I guess the, the other two guys, Josh Rosen and uh, Sam Darnold, that were part of that conversation. I mean, it seems pretty crazy well, the across the board now. Neither, neither of those guys exactly lit the world on fire, and they're being talked about ad nauseum, yeah. and Allen isn't being talked about at all. So, I, But point being, like, it is, there are some players that, um, you know, we talked about uh, – the, the the superstar safety is Deron James at uh, Florida State last week and how he's you know passing on the bowl game to prepare for the NFL draft. Uh, Josh Allen kind of needs the the eyeballs and needs the opportunity, so I think he will be um, working extra hard to try and get back into this game. What what's crazy is Todd McShay put out a mock draft today and had Josh Allen going number five to Denver. <laughs> Start drinking now, Sammy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I am. I don't I know. If he's, I don't know if he's going to have the the talent to come in and unseat West Lunt, but I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Where's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <poor> uh, Sam? <laughs> hey, Trevor is still starting, so I'm 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 just enjoying yes. that. Trev coming off of a good game too. Keep it going, Trev. Yeah, tomorrow night playing uh, in Indianapolis against Anthony Walker and the Colts. So that that should be fun, even though it's a terrible Thursday night game. Oh, my God. But Denver's going to be wearing their awesome uh, color rush jerseys, jerseys or whatever, but it's the helmet. It's the old Denver D helmet with the, the new dark colors. It looks awesome. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. In any case, uh, Saturday, December 23rd, the Birmingham Bowl, uh, Texas Tech versus South Florida. I, I, this feels like a, a slaughter, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really does, but, you know, Texas Tech is, they're a weird team to, to prepare for, you know, South Florida had so much going for it this year, and then you know, didn't get to play in their conference championship. And then now is, you know, playing in a, you know, pretty low tier bowl. Like I, this is one of those games where motivation can be, can be really weird. Um, Cliff Kingsbury seems to have saved his job for, for one more season at Texas tech. So you don't have like the, the weird outgoing fired interim coach situation. Um, well, but... uh, that's not a hundred percent true. Um, you've got, uh, Looks like Texas Tech's defensive coordinator is going to Arizona State to follow uh, Herm Edwards. So, <laughs> did you just make that up, or is that I did not. Thing? No, that that's an actual thing. That that is actually a thing. Uh, oh my goodness! I think that's a real thing. But um, it, no, it, it point, is a real point thing. Being like, 
I I don't know that Texas Tech's defense uh, might not be better off with with a different <laughs> different coordinator. They haven't been that great this year, but this is. I don't know this just, this just feels like a really weird motivation game where it could it could be a, an offensive shootout. I mean, Texas Tech ain't going to be stopping Quentin Flowers no matter who their DC is. So I think the the big question is, can they uh, generate some firepower on the other side of the ball? And again, shout out to Charlie Strong, who kind of lost in frost mania this season, is the fact that Charlie put together a darn good team at USF and. Uh, and he's not going anywhere, so USF's probably in a good place. I'm kind of expecting them to lay the smack down and have a pretty solid springboard into next year. They're only two-and-a-half-point favorites. And yet 89% of Bowl Mania participants are taking them. So that that's a, another interesting spread on that front. Later on that afternoon uh, at TCU Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas, you've got the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl featuring San Diego State and Army. If you like, if you like running, <laughs> I got the game for you. <laughs> oh, I think Army. I think I heard Army and Navy uh, combined like three passes. It, I mean, it was a snow. It was a snow bowl, so um, I'm not like it's not super surprising, but. Army, I mean, that's how Army prefers to operate. I mean, so this is the best Army team in, like, 20 years. In Like, regardless of competition or anything, um, they've they pulled off the big win in just that ridiculous game against Navy. They blanked Air Force. I mean, this is the first time they've held the Commander-in-Chief's trophy in, I, don't, I think, what they say. 20, Forever. I can't 21 years, the I last think. Time they held it. Um, with that said, they are not 10 wins good. Their schedule is the worst schedule I've ever seen at the FBS level. Um, and they run a really interesting offense. Ahmad Bradshaw is a legit option quarterback. They will have no answer for Rashad Payne. Yeah, good, good luck who, with that. Yeah, who, who really, frankly, kind of got screwed to not be invited to the Heisman ceremony. And has put up a legit 2,000-plus yards, and he's going to tack on probably 200-plus to that in this game. So, um, again, Army, congrats for getting this far. Um, you know, great season for them, but I think San Diego State's the better team here. At 6 o'clock uh, that evening, you've got the Dollar General Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, featuring Appalachian State and Toledo. Toledo, an 8-point favorite over App State, and overwhelmingly 88% of ESPN uh, Bowl Mania participants are taking the Rockets. As good as Florida Atlantic was in their conference this year, uh, Toledo was in the MAC. They were head and shoulders above everybody else in that conference, and um, they should be in pretty darn good shape in this matchup, it feels like. Yeah, I think the one thing is, I don't know... This can't be more than, than App's, what, second bowl ever. I don't know if they went last year. I guess they probably did. Um, but you're talking about a team that was, you know, the, the cream of the FCS crop for a lot of years and then made the transition relatively smoothly to the FBS. So I think it's still kind of a, a big deal for their fans to be able to travel somewhere for a bowl game. They have a pretty voracious following. But, yeah, I think they're outclassed in this one. This will be their third bowl game. Uh, they went to the Camellia Bowl in both 2015 and 2016. Okay, so again, it's you know, but even still, a trip for them to go down to Mobile um, for those fans is pretty cool. Anything to get out of Boone, North Carolina, in the middle of the winter. Their first time not going to the Camellia Bowl, so that's something. Right. Moving on to Christmas Eve, you've got a Fresno State and Houston playing in the Hawaii Bowl. This is interesting because of how good Fresno State was this year. Uh, Jeff Tedford, former Cal court, uh, coach, who, who you know the, uh, of Aaron Rodgers fame, um, really brought Fresno State back to life. And then they uh, they had to play Boise two weeks in a row, and it just wasn't in the cards for them in the in the conference championship game. I. I, I kind of like Fresno in this game, but it's it's you know you know you know at the same time that Houston just has 
some ridiculous talent. Ed Oliver is one of maybe the five best defensive linemen in the whole country. Um, Tom Herman just stocked that team with talent. So I don't know. Inter- interesting, really interesting matchup. Maybe the maybe the most compelling Hawaii Bowl we've had in a long time. Funny thing about Fresno is they have a really fantastic resume, uh, except for the fact that they lost by ten to UNLV at home, who lost to Howard this year. Um, I mean, UNLV was just god awful. And uh, aside from that, Fresno's losses are a tight one at Boise, and then at Alabama and at Washington. Um, and, and a lot of great looking wins on their resume too. It's just, I don't know. They just apparently didn't get off the bus for that UNLV game or didn't wake up or whatever. Um, What's worse, losing at home to UNLV or losing on the road at Tulane? UNLV, because that's what Houston did. Yeah. So either of these teams, it's, uh, sounds like these are teams that just take random weeks off. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'd be trusting these guys with a long bowl week uh, <laughs> in Hawaii. Might keep a, yeah, in Hawaii, might want to keep a close eye on them. Uh, interesting. There's no line on that game at this point. Um, <laughs> That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wondering what kind of going on behind the scenes there. If someone's hurt or they're not sure about something, but. At this it was point, two, it was two and a half earlier in the week. Interesting. Uh, on um, ESPN, it doesn't show a line for that, but oh, I'm on 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 my um my degenerate gambler uh, Vegas Insiders website. It's listed at two and a half points. For, All right. uh, for Houston. Moving on to Tuesday, December twenty sixth. You've got. I feel like this is the pivot point, right? This is when you start getting into like legit games. Yeah, at least I, I think. I Are mean, you they're... joking me? <laughs> there, there's Duke, some... Northern Illinois. I assume that's where we're about to go. Nope, we're going to well, the Zaxby's Heart Utah. of Dallas Bowl, Utah and West Virginia. Okay, that's a legit game. But later that day, we're going to go to Detroit. Anyways, um, this is I, this is a fa- this is a fascinating matchup because Utah is probably better than their six and six record shows, and West Virginia might be better than their seven and five record as well. Like these two teams were like reasonable um, this season. And this is just like two dramatically contrasting styles of football. So, uh, and, I mean, as things currently stand, Will Greer's got as much of a case for NFL prospect quarterback as anybody cool. else right now. I feel like, will he be, and I'm not saying back? it's a good question, right? I mean, he's going to have to make the decision. I, I mean, again, like he's a guy who's got all the tools and if there's one theme right now, it's guys with all the tools who have yet to completely put it all together. So, I mean, it's like if you can get Will, Will Greer in the second or third round versus, you know, one of these other guys as a top five pick, he's going to be an interesting guy. I mean, he's a gunslinger for sure. So he because he had surgery on his finger. So they his his status for the bowl game is questionable as of I mean, this is as of November 20th. So who knows? Um, that's a couple weeks old. I, I've been seeing that he's not playing at all, so that that'll be. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> uh, to the game that Eric is so interested in, uh, Ford Field. You've got the Quick Lane Bowl, Duke and Northern Illinois. Bleh. How did we lose to Duke? I it still confounds me. I've got up uh, Stuart Mandel does his bowl rankings um, where he kind of lines up the bowls from best to worst and makes pithy comments. Um, and I'm just going to quote here from uh, from his comment here on the Quickling Bowl. Um, NIU may be the first team in the sports history to beat Nebraska and lose to Central Michigan in the same season. <laughs> and if you think about Duke, who beat, who annihilated us and then just looked like hot trash the rest of the season. Um, I like good, good luck picking who's going to win this game. And I don't know. I like, like more and more that Duke game, we said it at the time, right? It felt like just a real, um, a real whiff that, you know, like, like, like every team is, is due a, a complete mulligan at some point during the year. Like just a game that they completely, um, don't show up for, uh, don't get off the bus, don't bring the mental uh, focus, etc. And that that was our game this season for sure. 
Uh, 65% of the Bowmania selectees are going on uh, Northern Illinois. It's so, and with good reason. NIU's a good football team. Um, they lost on the road to San Diego State. They lost on the road to Toledo, both of whom are great teams. They lost on the road by seven to Central Michigan, who's another pretty good team. Um, if anything, you know, their worst loss, you could say, is to Boston College, and that was a tight game. Tune into this game if you want one reason to watch for Sutton Smith, um, first-team All-America defensive end for Northern Illinois. Uh, it's great. He's basically a, a linebacker. He's listed at 6'1", 225. I'd say he looks more like 6'1", 210. Um, he's basically a linebacker that Northern Illinois just put on the edge and used as a speed edge rusher, and he was fantastic at it. Um, he His total tackle numbers... In, on the season, very low. His sack numbers, very high. Uh, the highlight of his year was definitely him single-handedly winning Northern Illinois, the Nebraska game. Uh, Nebraska had those offensive line issues. Uh, basically, you could argue he single-handedly got Nebraska's AD fired. Now, Nebraska's AD was going to get fired at some point this year anyway, but Sutton Smith certainly hastened it. Um, if you watch the highlights of that game, it's basically just him running around Nebraska's tackles and beating the crap out of Tanner Lee. So um, he's worth checking out. <laughs> oh, nothing made me happier this season than people annihilating uh, Tanner Lee. Yes. Uh, so the nightcap on Boxing Day uh, features Kansas State and UCLA in the Cactus Bowl. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Will Josh Rosen play? Will Josh Rosen, uh, will this be his last game? Will this be Bill Snyder's last game as head coach of Kansas State? He's 80 years old now. A lot of ifs. Uh, entering, in, 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 pretty interesting matchup between a, a, an ultra-stable, unsexy program and a super volatile sexy program if you can call UCLA sexy which I don't know maybe they are maybe they aren't but um I this just this feels like uh Kansas State is just gonna do their thing and hope that they get mediocre UCLA and not great UCLA I don't know Chip's not coaching is he Chip Kelly no okay I I just want to met I just want to mention uh that with the Rosen one soon to be moving on to the NFL and a hot uh, new coach, Chip Kelly, coming into UCLA, you'd think they'd have no no problem finding quarterbacks who wanted to uh, become the heir apparent to the Rosen one at UCLA and play under Chip Kelly. However, UCLA recently offered a young man named Kale Millen out of the state of Washington and Kale Millen said, no, thank you. I'd prefer to play for the Northwestern Wildcats. So I just figured I'd throw that one in there. Yeah, definitely uh, interesting uh, that we beat Chip Kelly in a recruiting battle uh, for a 2019 quarterback. That's that's pretty awesome. Well, they, they also landed um, – uh, they've got Dorian Thompson-Robinson – I mean, maybe he's a, he might be a 2018 guy, but I, you know. Details, details. Come on, Scuzz, that NFL pedigree, man. No, no, he is. Uh, he's a yeah, he's a 2018 QB recruit, but still. Uh, let's move on to Wednesday, December 27th, the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. Um, Walk-ons? Yeah. That's who will be playing for Florida State. I'll that <laughs> <much>. <laughs> they should still win by a lot. Yeah. Uh, Florida State Southern Miss. Oh, boy. Just just like they drew it up at the start of the season. Look, this is, the, they, they came out, they had a, a, a game against ULM, um, a, a meaningless home game against ULM, uh, to get bowl eligibility, and they absolutely mopped the floor with uh, with that team. And I, I just can't see any plausible scenario where Southern Miss mounts a, mounts a challenge here, despite the fact that it's um, 
going to be a virtual home game. Uh, well, it, it could be a virtual home game for Southern Mississippi, depending, you know, how, uh, how hyped their fans are to play Florida state, which they should be pretty hyped, but this is, this is not like when Houston played Florida state a couple of years ago, or even when, you know, NIU looked okay against the Knowles a couple of years ago. Like I just like the talent differential here is just too great. It is pretty cool, though, that, I mean, Southern Miss has a chance to pull what would maybe be their biggest win in program history yeah. if they could pull the upset. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. True. It's pretty cool to have stakes like that for a bowl game. So that's kind of neat. 415, you've got in Yankee Stadium, the Pinstripe Bowl, uh, Iowa and Boston College. First Big Ten team that we're going to talk about. I just think it's so unfair that Iowa has to play in this game. They deserve to be in a higher game. You know, I, I would have put them in the Citrus Bowl if it would have been me. I just think, you know, poor Iowa. Poor 7-5 and five Iowa that they didn't get a better bowl than this. <laughs> uh, I don't need to add to that. I'm just going to say I think this is this is going to be a pretty boring bowl game. I just, you know, two... Two not super fun offenses to watch. Two pretty decent defenses. Um, I, I, I have to say I like Iowa to outbore the other team. I don't know. We'll see. The question is, will Boston uh, college fans burst into flames walking into Yankee Stadium? <laughs> good, good point. Boston College, weird team this year. I mean... This is a team that got, you know, throttled by Notre Dame, throttled by Wake Forest, um, and then, you know, beat the Tar on the road out of a Syracuse team that beat Clemson, beat the Tar out of Florida State, um, beat a really good NIU team on the road, um, and beat Louisville on the road. And, you know, it's just that it was hard to know what you were going to get from BC week to week. Maddeningly inconsistent team, but they were capable of playing good football. 82% of ESPN Bowl Mania is on Iowa, interestingly enough. I guess you could have said the same thing for Iowa, right? I mean, like, depends what Iowa team you get. 7.30 p.m., Foster Farms Bowl, Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. I, I'm excited for this one. Arizona and Purdue. I mean, Khalil Tate and Jeff Brom's uh, new look Purdue team. This could be a, a really fun game. I totally agree. I, I think Arizona doesn't have a ton of D and they have a lot of O and Purdue's kind of the opposite. So... This is going to be, you know, kind of strength on strength, weakness on weakness, and I'm really interested to see how Purdue handles Khalil Tate. Uh, I, you know, give Brome, you know, bowl practices to work with this Purdue team. They're going to be even better than they were. You know, granted, I think David Blau is still out um, and won't be playing, so it's going to be Elijah Sindelar at QB, and that, you know, didn't didn't do, do great for, for Purdue down the stretch, so they're probably... Uh, I think they're a three-point underdog. Um, they're probably they probably should be an underdog in this game, but who knows? Like this is another you know both these like Purdue's probably a lot more excited to be going to this bowl game than Arizona, and that that does seem to to count for something this time of year. Yeah, I mean it's a chance for a real exclamation point for year one under Brom. Um, and yeah, the Purdue's defense we talked about it last week or week before. Um, they're for real. So this is a good one. It's 7.30 p.m. on Fox. I wonder if we're going to get Gus for this game. That would be pretty sweet, too. Ooh, could be. I mean, Fox doesn't have too many bowl games, so this is definitely an opportunity, I think. Uh, 79% of the Bowl Mania participants are on Arizona here, so that'll be fun. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about tonight uh, is the Academy Sports and Outdoors or I don't know if it's Academy Sports plus Outdoors, um, but it's Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium in Houston. Uh, virtual home game for Texas as they take on Mizzou. So for me, the real question on this one is whether or not Malik Jefferson is going to play for Texas. Um, he's one of these guys who he's nursing, sounds like he's nursing a little bit of a turf toe and just in general projects to potentially be a really high draft pick. Um 
And it sounds like he's been kind of up in the air. I, if I had to guess, I'd guess he's probably leaning toward not playing in this one. But if he does, that's your reason to watch. Malik Jefferson is as dynamic and exciting a linebacker as you'll see in college football. Um, and a guy who will definitely be playing on Sundays. Um, not a heck of a lot else to recommend this game, but that would be the main thing for me. You know, Missouri made, made a crazy run through the back half of the season um, to get to bowl eligibility, uh, to get to this bowl. Let's all remember how horrible the SEC East was. I, you know, this, I, I, I think the, the, the common sense approach to this game is that it's going to be a, a home game for Texas and it won't even be close um, from the fan support perspective. And I, you know, give Tom Herman three weeks to continue working with this Texas team. I, I like what the results are probably going to be. I mean, I, I think we would have an idea of what that crowd is going to be like. I think back to when we were in the Texas Bowl a few years ago against A&M. I mean, that was 80% uh, A&M fans, and it's not that much further up the road to Austin. I can't stand those A&M I still can't stand those A&M fans. It's worth noting that the Texas fans will be less boorish. Um but also Probably. Be, you know, like like Notre Dame fans get get flack for being, you know, like uh too polite and sit downy and geriatric. Uh you you could make some similar arguments about Texas fans. Uh, you got 54% uh in on uh, Mizzou, interestingly. So, um, yeah, so that's the first half of the bowl slate. Uh, like I said, we're going to come back, uh, next week and talk about the, uh, the rest of the games, um, kind of predominantly higher tier, well, all pretty much higher tier games. Um, I, I don't see, except for maybe one exception, uh, a game that's not going to be all that interesting to talk about next week. Uh, but we'll go ahead and, and do that then. Uh, before we get out of here, do want to mention uh, the Northwestern basketball team uh, f- coming back off of the, their week off for finals uh, to take on Chicago State uh, at the Rosemont uh, All-State Arena. I almost called it the Rosemont Horizon. Uh, after all these years, still that that's what pops to mind. <laughs> um, yeah, so... At halftime, the Cats were up 55 to 8. Uh, final score 96-31. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a basketball game where one team triples up on the other. It's, I mean, I clearly these guys had a long eight days to stew after that Purdue game and they chose to turn that into positive motivation. Um, and Chicago State was the cure for what ails them. It bodes well, though, too, because, I mean, it's we're heading into a really soft part of the schedule, and I think uh, this team's got a chance to, to put together a six-game winning streak before we host Nebraska on the second. And, uh, you know, that includes a trip to Oklahoma, but this is the kind of basketball you want to see us playing. Yeah, there was, um, there was some... Uh tense moments in that game. I think Derek Pardon got into it with the, with the opposition at one point he was getting uh, roughed up a bit, uh, not roughed, just, you know, pushed around um, and, and kind of got tired of that. But yeah, it's nice to, uh, nice to tune in, you know, halfway through the first half and say, Oh sweet. I don't have to worry about this game and then actually not have to worry about it. So uh, I'll take that. I think, you know, we're, we're still, kind of circling that Oklahoma game is kind of the next big, I don't know, barometer reading for, for this cats team and, and thinking about how they might, uh, they might do going into the season. So, you know, this doesn't really change any of the trajectory that we, that we talked about the last couple of weeks. So I think it's still kind of a wait and see, see type situation. I, I think the biggest bummer for me from this game is that neither Tino Malnati or Charlie Hall, uh, scored, um, you know, Charlie did get a block, so he did show up on the, the score sheet, and uh, Malnati had an assist. So they didn't get the quote-unquote trillion um, in, in that. Uh, but So they, they did get on the scoreboard. They played three minutes each. Interesting, the starters played probably more than they should have. Um, I, I think there was definitely a little bit of questioning on Collins on why... Uh, 
Macintosh was playing so deep into the second half of a game that was clearly over. I think he's, I think Collins is a little salty right now. He's still feeling his oats from that Purdue game. And, uh, I think he's, he's looking to put a hurt on some teams. I think we're, we're on aggressive front foot situation right now, which is probably good. Uh, so we'll, let's go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Um, as we continue our search for the Swoley Grail. So, this might actually be controversial, but I am going to go there. Um, So I got an email from the Wildcat Fund at Northwestern.edu one day ago at noon. And it told me that um, Willie's Challenge is happening again this year. And that essentially this is kind of like a Groupon style deal where uh, if enough people donate, there's a special gift that gets triggered and um, people can get the gift. Scrolling down in the email, I found the potential gifts. I'm going to start from what I perceive to be the highest value to the lowest value. Um, purple Northwestern mittens with with uh, paws ironed on the, the palms. Um, a face mask bal- balaclava slash headband thing. An effing fanny pack with Willie on it and a ball of purple yarn. Are you joking? <laughs> Northwestern, what the hell is this? Um I it like like I get your you know, you're trying to have some fun, you're trying to drum up some interest. This makes me want to donate nothing because what whatever funds you've acquired to try and you know invest back in your uh, fan base to continue to drum up interest. I mean, I work in friggin' loyalty economics. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it is infuriating and somewhat insulting as a fan. I, I just a ball of yarn? Are you kidding me? I I I'm I'm speechless. I almost was like looking at it, being like. Is this like sort of a peek behind the curtain at the kind of people who are making huge donations to Northwestern University? Like, I'm like, maybe the breadbasket is like, I don't know, like 50 to 70 year old woman, you know, who are like, yes, yarn. Here it is. I'm I, writing another check. I don't know. I don't think it's so I had that thought as well. Like, whoa, like, you know, I, but I think what's more likely is that the people making the decisions are not really paying attention to everything and the donor base looks like it does because of the type of crap they're being offered to participate. So I don't know if this makes you feel better or worse, but kind of reading down that email a little bit, uh, anyone who donates has the opportunity to vote on one of those four items that, uh, that they will be getting. Oh my God. It's like, so I think like part of the reason I'm so fired up about this is that you couple it with 20 years of just subpar um, sports marketing from a school that hosts one of the best business schools in the entire world and just a complete and total disconnect from sports culture and sports atmosphere. And, I, and like, I don't need... I don't need the crazy macho like NFL like rock'em sock'em robot like mania that that you see in other places. I don't I you know I, Northwestern can still be family friendly and come off like an athletic department that knows what the f it's doing. But when you think about some of the promotions, some of like the atmosphere of basketball games, like just in your in your mind, like we are we have a football program that is winning games in the big 10 and is is putting itself uh out there and and this is the type of crap that's going on behind the scenes trying to support that and it like you go back what 40 50 years in northwestern and and there's this perspective that um having worse sports is better for the university as a whole and there's just this complete lack of support and and it's great that now we have support but sometimes that support is just inept 
and it makes me crazy. It seems like now that we've got this Under Armour partnership, that that would be a, that would be a, an area to mine for for good. My God, you know? why isn't there an Under Armour thing here? And t- tear it, tear it. Hey, if if we get a hundred donors, it, get an Under Armour headband or Under Armour gloves. If we get a thousand donors, we'll give away a friggin' Under Armour polo. I don't know. Like, I the the, the math works out, people. <laughs> Good grief. I think Scuzz is auditioning for a job, is what I'm saying. Give, him, <laughs> give us a call. Send us an email, westlodpirates at gmail.com. He's available. I don't know that I have, a, I have the patience for that. <laughs> um, for my final thought, uh, I don't really have a, a good one this week, so I'll just kind of use it as a space to remind you guys again. Anyone who's interested in attending uh, the Northwest Suburbs Watch Party, for the Music City Bowl on December 29th. Um, drop us an email again, westlawpirates at gmail.com. We can give you all the details, but I mean, the short of it is just Arlington Ale House um, at, uh, on Friday the, the 29th at 3.30. Um, it'll be just $10, and really that $10 is basically just an advance on drinks you'd be buying anyway. So we'd love to have you, um, and if you need any more information, give us a shout. Uh, for my final thought, uh, also don't have a ton uh, to add except you know to go ahead and sign up for the uh, Westlaw Pirates ESPN Bowl Challenge. Um, should be a lot of fun. Like you, like you said, go to westlawpirates.com. Uh, all of the information will be there. Um, we to be a little cryptic here. We you know, might have something uh, pretty fun to announce next week. Uh, we're working on a couple things behind the scenes that could be. Uh, really cool for the future of the podcast. Um, and uh, just kind of putting a little tease out there that uh, there might be something pretty fun to announce next week. So uh, tune in for that. And we will go ahead and leave it there for this week. Head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlaw Pirates. Uh, call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And as always, you can email us, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skazbo, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.